as he pulls the phone away to fade <laughs> out. <laughs> it goes away. Welcome to Couch Crouchers. This is Jim. I'm Joe. So we're here week two at uh, L.P. Wilson Auditorium here in Windsor. Yes, uh, sir. Ready for our second full week of rehearsal yep. for Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Our first full full if we come in on Friday. As brought to you by, uh, by uh, Cirillo Summer Theater www.cirillosummertheater.com that's c-i-r-i-l-l-o dot uh, theater.com cirillosummertheater.com sorry um, yeah no but we'll, we're going to have a day off in the week this week as well so um, we have the schedules right yeah so yeah uh, we're I'm sorry I got the uh, episode last episode out so late um, just things worked out that way it's uh, you know we're busy people yeah. we, we informed the public and hopefully they believed us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how you been, Joe? Uh, I've been pretty good. I had a pretty good weekend. Oh yeah. You well, know. What'd you do? Um, did a little bit of moving, and then uh, we played a good game of Vampire. Yes, we did. Um, I had a lot of fun actually. This you looked like you had a lot a of while. fun. Yeah, you looked like you had a I great time. I was fun. going to retire a character, and now he is uh, part of a movement. Well, I'll <laughs> tell you, it's something funny because. Um, Joe hadn't played that character for a couple of weeks. hadn't, hadn't uh, for a couple of games. He hadn't been around, and people asked about you constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, when I told people, I'm like, "Oh, well, he's gonna retire that character and play something else." They were all like, "No, no, he's not. Yeah. No, no, he's not. He's not going to." <coughs> people like Vitor to the point where I said, "You know, the minute that new character walks in, I'm killing it." Mm-hmm. So. Um, I mean, it was always going to be like a, uh, if people need Vitor to come back, he'll come back. But uh, yeah. he needs to stay. In <laughs> well, I'll tell you, what, the one of the things that um, my philosophy for playing role-playing games mm-hmm. is um, my, and I'm, I'm not saying, that, and I feel like you're the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that, 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 that is a, this isn't a responsibility that can be put on you, but I feel like it's, it's just kind of inherent in your nature. Mm-hmm. You're much in the same way I am. Um, I'm only having fun if I'm, if I, basically I come to game to make sure that other people have fun. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm there to enrich other people's experience. I mean, I have fun doing it, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, yeah, no, had a really good time. Um, friend of the show, Sam. Um, yeah, his first time. was his uh, first time. Storytelling. Storytelling. Oh, I mean, not, not his first time in his life, but at that game. Right. And he did a great job and I got to have some. Uh, really excellent scenes with friend of the show Doug. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, I've been talking to him all day about uh, stuff. Sheriff, he's the sheriff. He's the now. sheriff of the town now, and I'm the seneschal now. That's he terrifying. Does not want to be. No, none of us want to be <laughs> no in the positions that we got. Nope. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, it was a good weekend. I um, I did some truly dad to be shit this weekend. Yeah, yeah. On Saturday, um, Jamie and I wife of the show, Jamie, um, was going to, um, we were just going to stop by Babies R Us to mm-hmm. take a look at things. I mean, to be honest, everyone knows that Toys R Us and Baby R- Babies R Us are going out of business. Right. Yeah. So I felt kind of like a vulture going around, but I was so much of a vulture that, I mean, things were 60, 70% off. Mm-hmm. So Jamie and I may have spent some money on like a stroller and car seat travel set yeah. and a back and play type, mm-hmm. like it, it Awesome. Some, yeah, and we cool saved shit. hundreds of dollars. And then yesterday, today's Monday, we're, ta- we're uh, recording on a Monday. Mm-hmm. 
Yesterday, <coughs> we decided that we were going to go to this store called Bye Bye Baby, right? which is opening a store, I'm pretty sure, where Babies or Us is right now. Okay. Because it's right next to Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. It's the same company. Mm -hmm. But we went to the one in Port Chester, New York. Okay. Because that uh, was the closest full-size one. Mm -hmm. And we registered. We restarted our registration yeah. process for registering for, for, for showers and stuff like that. Very nice. And it took us like three or four hours. Mm -hmm. And we like registered for like 180 items. Mm -hmm. We're going to go in and like take yeah. a bunch of them off. Right. But, but I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, I'm walking around like, holy shit. Like the, some of the financial aspects of this fucking dad thing are yeah. coming to light now. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, it's cool. It's just like, holy shit, this is, yeah. this is happening. So... Then I went back to work today. Yeah. Are, are, is work done for you yet? Work. You? I had. I have this week off, and then I start camp next week. Cool. So. All right. So, um, yeah. So we, again, it, just like last week's show, this is going to be like a truncated version, but you know, we want to at least get some content out to you. Mm -hmm. um, so I figured that we would start as we always do, and that's with the news. Ba -ba -da -ba -da. There he is. <laughs> um. And I'll kind of start, I'll pick up where, not where I started, uh, not where I left off last episode, but the episode before. Mm -hmm. That episode, I talked about how they think they have found um, organic matter on mm -hmm. Mars. Well, this week, I read an article this morning on geek.com, new mineral discovery confirms water on the moon. So a new mm. discovery reinforces the belief that water exists on the moon. Right. So I guess like a team of Japanese scientists identified a mineral um, within a lunar meteorite that they found in Africa. So um, it just it, but in order for that um, for the 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 mineral mm -hmm. in the meteorite to form, it requires water. Okay. Uh, water mixing with um, silicon dioxide mm -hmm. and um, or I'm sorry when water when alkaline water including silicon dioxide is evaporated under mm -hmm. high pressure conditions so it implies that there's there is regular water activity on on the moon so kind of exciting um, I read the article you know kind of quick but you read it a couple times and I was just like wow that's that's kind of what's happening you yeah. know people are uh, interested in getting the hell off of the earth so I mean, the moon is a good starting point to get us to get us out of here. I mean, because, yeah, it's right there. It's right there. So uh, what do you got for news? Well, talking about space, the uh, final frontier, you say some news that, well, it's it's almost news. A, uh, a rumor suggests that one of our favorite characters will be returning for Star Wars Episode nine. And uh, the rumor is that Billy D. Williams He's on his way back to the set of Star Wars to play Lando Calrissian. Colt 45. It works every time. Uh, the rumor comes from uh, the trusted fan site, Fanthatrax. Um, Fanthatrax? Yes. Fanthatrax. They, they claim that sources have confirmed Billy D. Williams will return uh, for J.J. Abrams' Star Wars Episode Nine and reprise his role as the ever-cool Lando Calrissian, which... Now that Donald Glover is really, I mean, people always liked Lando, but now people really like Lando. I mean, yeah, Lando's cool as shit. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I would love to see Billy D come back. So the question is, 
Will Billy D be sporting one of Lando Calrissian's many, many fabulous capes? Oh, he has to. I mean. <laughs> no, uh, they got all of them. I mean, yeah. So, um, got here. Uh, <coughs> Warner Brothers is um, begun cracking down on Harry Potter fan events. Oh. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. So. And before you go and you kick Warner Brothers in the balls, because I'm a communist, so the first thing I want to mm. do is, you know, motherfuck our, our, you know, our bourgeois fucking masters, you right. know, and, and, you know, the way that the man is keeping the proletariat down and whatnot. Mm. And all of these things are true, but um, people are having, like, Harry Potter events. Like, there was some, a, um, Quidditch tournament mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, and they sent a cease and desist because people were profiting off of the Quidditch event. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, the moment that you start profiting yeah. off somebody else's right. um, IP, I, I don't care how small you are. I mean, the fact is, it, you're not supposed to. Like, that's you're not supposed to do that. That's fucked up. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I actually there was uh, in my senior year in high school, we tried to start a uh, New Britain High School Quidditch team because we learned that there was a there was a way to play Quidditch, and we got a we got a teacher on board, and uh, we had a few kids on board, and uh, we didn't have enough to form a team, so it never actually came through. But um, you know, it was uh, it was a pipe dream for a bunch of dirty kids to. <laughs> And you are nerdy kids, yeah. Um, so my second news article. Um, not sure if you are uh, have watched it, but uh, Rick and Morty. Would you believe me if I told you that I've never watched a single episode of Rick and you Morty? You know, I would because it took me a while to to watch Rick and Morty. But I heard but they got picked up for like seven years. Yep, there's a seventy episode renewal, um, and they have just officially entered production on season four according to the co-creator of the show justin roiland who does he voices both rick and morty and several other uh people on the show um but he uh he let everybody know that they are officially starting production on season four which is good news for fans of rick and morty which i am one of them it took me how much incredible cash do you think they made i mean was was there anything about the um about the uh, the amount of money they made on it? Uh, not in the article that I saw, but maybe in the articles when it first happened. Um, but, uh, I mean, that show is pretty much Adult Swim's big cash cow at this point. There's not really... See, I didn't realize there really still was an Adult Swim. It re- it's, I mean, they show some, like, they show a few episodes of anime, they show Rick and Morty, and then they show, like, Family Guy reruns, I guess. Like, there's not really... Like, they they used to show, like, what? Mighty Boosh and shit like that. And there was... I don't think there really is a, the Adult Swim that people remember Adult Swim being anymore. But, um... It's... Rick and Morty is a top-notch television show, in my opinion. Um, some excellent writing. And everybody that I know who watches it is uh, pretty big when it comes I don't to know. it. I hear, you know, I'm obviously, you know, I, I you know, I, I know how in, intensely popular it is. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm not one of these people that have any issues with that. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I've never watched it in my life. And and again, it, it's this isn't one of those things where it's like, oh well, I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. People like it. I fucking <laughs> hate people like that. Right. Um. But no, I, I've never really had a chance to do it before. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's on any like streaming service at this point. No. Um, at least not on like the might be on might be on Hulu, but I don't I don't know if it's on. Like, I know it's not on Netflix or anything like that. No. Um, I don't know who has the deal with uh, who owns Cartoon Network. Does Time Warner own Cartoon Network? I have no fucking clue. Like you are, you probably have more insight <laughs> on that than I do. I won't lie to you. Um. um but yeah, that's Rick and Morty season four is on its way. Okay. News. So what do you want to talk about today? Oh man, uh, that is a good question. We didn't think about this before. Um, got a uh, suggestion from a friend of the show, Jacqueline. <laughs> do you now? She uh, she thought we might want to talk about. Um, Anthony Bourdain. Okay. Bit, since yeah, we I would. I would totally be down with that. Yeah. Um. So. We'll get, let's get the let's get the the kind of difficult thing out of the way first. Right. Um. And I'm not going to go the same route as a lot of like internet memes or internet things and things like that, saying how like, oh well, you know, happy people can be depressed too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um. But I will say that. If you're, um, I don't know, if if you're, if you're like me, someone that you know suffers from from, or Joe mm-hmm. that suffers from, and I know I'm not not out in Joe on no. that. We've talked we've about we've, we've talked been about, open yeah. about it. Um, if you're someone that's suffering from some you know any kind of um, mental illness yeah. or something, and and you know it just gets to a point one day where you just can't, you know, yeah, it just you don't see how continuing is going to work out for right. you. Um, take a minute, man. Just yeah. take a minute and um, talk to somebody because absolutely. Um, the fact is, is that, you know, you matter. No matter how you feel, no matter what you think, mm-hmm. you matter. And, um, you know, it's it's so important to you that you know it's so important to, to people around Absolutely, you yeah. and to yourself. You know, you know, make a phone call, get some help, mm-hmm. talk to somebody. Um, and even if it's like, even if you're using, you know, the hotline and or whoever, if it's not somebody that you know, if you just reach out and talk to somebody, that's the most important thing is just to is to you know reach out and know that there are people out here that definitely care about you and want to see want to see you around i've i've had that conversation with people you know i'm sure you have yeah it's um you know but you know we're not i'm i'm not gonna tell you that um you know that you know that 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 it the thing that one thing that always really upsets me and wow this is going dark but one thing that really always upsets me is i mean i've had a number of friends who have taken their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people get angry or indignant at them. Anger is one thing to be angry, right. but like indignant, like, oh, that was such a selfish thing to do. 
do you really think that anybody really wants to do that, to be in that position? Right. Or do you want to take it, you know, have it not be about you for a minute and realize that this person was in pain, this person was hurting, this person was what well, didn't feel like they had anywhere else to go, mm-hmm. they didn't have anything else to do. Um, if you know anybody, you know, you can't offend someone when you ask them if they're okay. Right. And if you ask them if they're okay and they are offended or they, you know, they, 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 they get angry, just take the getting angry, mm-hmm. you know, take the bullshit, like go ahead, let them be angry. At least they know in the back of their head that someone's asked, someone cares, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's, you know, something to talk about. Right. So, okay. Sadness aside. I worked at Borders Books and Music. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started working there in 1999. Mm -hmm. And I had read an article. I don't even remember when it was. I had read it a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And... It's the famous article, Why You Don't, uh, Why You Don't Order Fish on Mondays. Yeah. And I, I mean, I saw it on like the Today's, the Today's Show or some shit like that, just like everybody else did. And then I read the article. I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had worked in restaurants before. I had worked, I had, you know, all my, I mean, all my working career, I had often worked in restaurants. Yeah. I've, uh, I've bussed tables. Mm-hmm. I've waited tables. I've hosted and I've cooked. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I've done some stuff in some kitchens and sometimes, and I've worked in some beautiful restaurants and I've worked in some absolute disaster, like yeah. greasy spoons. And I even um, had aspirations for about a minute and a half mm-hmm. to be a, to be a chef. Yeah. So a friend of mine that I knew, uh, her boyfriend was a cook at mm-hmm. a at a fairly swanky place yeah. in uh, Hartford that will remain nameless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of snuck in and externed for like a couple months there, which is yeah. effectively I worked for free. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, anyway, I'd read this article from this guy, mm-hmm. this angry, bitter man, and mm-hmm. then I forgot about it. Yeah. So I'm at I, I'm at the bookstore working, w- and there's this best-selling book that's out called Kitchen Confidential, mm-hmm. written by Tony Bourdain. And it was his first. It was his first book. Yeah. And I can tell you, this is not an exaggeration. I have read that book fifty times. Yeah. It is a marvelous read. It mm-hmm. is one. You ever read it? No, but I've read his articles, and th- he's a tremendous writer. I will. I would lend you my copy of Kitchen Confidential. But I still have your copy of Dune. But you still have my copy of Dune. Um, Which I'm working on. Although Kitchen Confidential is a much easier read. Um. And you learn about this guy who is a her- who, who 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 was a rich kid gone bad. Was mm-hmm. rich kid gone bad? You know, went to went to the Culinary Institute of America. You know, l- worked in the city was a con man. Mm-hmm. He, and he tells these stories about like working at this like, and I know uh, working at the freaking like this this place in Provincetown, yeah. this restaurant that he describes, and I'm pretty sure I've eaten that before. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and thinking he was the shit. And then there's this big, huge, like huge. <laughs> I love this story. I forget the dude's name, but there's mm-hmm. this big, huge black dude who was like the head cook yeah. at this restaurant. 
and there's Tony Bourdain, young to- Tony Bourdain, his first, you know, out of like his freshman year mm. at, at, at CIA, thinking that he's the shit. And he goes and he grabs a pan and he burns himself mm-hmm. and gets a little burn. And he asks this big hulking man who's one of the head cooks, hey, do you have any burn cream? <laughs> and the cook bends down, reaches into the oven with a bare hand, pulls out a hot sizzle platter, throws it down and goes, yeah, I got your burn cream right here. <laughs> Shows him his hands and he's got like the scarred, yeah. destroyed hands <laughs> that like oh, lifer man. chefs have. I mean, just stuff like that. Um I mean, incredible stories, yeah. and then, you know, and then Food Network came out, yeah, right, and he fucking hated Food Network. Mm-hmm. The evil, horrible things that this man has <laughs> said about some of these chefs, mm-hmm. absolutely hysterical. Yeah. And for the longest time, he really beat up on Emeril Lagasse quite oh, yeah. a bit. And then he met Emeril Lagasse mm-hmm. and like got to know him and got to eat his real food. And he's like, oh, "I'm an asshole. This yeah. guy's really fucking cool." <laughs> but Emeril is just totally like, "I get it, man. I I, I hate having like a trademark and stuff yeah. like that. But I also love the money that I make on oh, it. Yeah. But I still get to cook great food. Mm-hmm. So." Um, and then he started getting TV shows, yeah, Tony right. Bourdain, and you know, and he started to write more books, and then he started to write in articles, mm-hmm. and then he started to have a column. And then he he would write, and then he started, you know, towards the end of his life, he worked for CNN, yeah, so he right. would write stuff every week. There'd be an article, you know, obviously promoting his next episode yeah, of whatever, right. but he would go into this article about it, and you know, I have tried so much food mm-hmm. because of this fucking right. dude, yeah. and. As much as he hates the foodie culture, mm-hmm. he's responsible he's, yeah, for it. Yeah. He is just as responsible as anybody right. on Food Network. In fact, I would say he's responsible for the third generation mm-hmm. of Food Network chefs. Yeah, because you know, I remember like when I'm sorry, I'll I'll, I'll let you get in there in a second, no. Joe. I'm sorry. Um, that first, see, I'm old, mm-hmm. not like you. I'm old, and wife of the show, Jamie. She's also old. Say hi, Jamie. Um, Food Network back in the day, you'd turn it on, yeah, and there, you know, it was one step away from PBS, yeah. you know, like these PBS cooking <laughs> shows, and sometimes Jacques Pepin was mm-hmm. on too, um, but they were really kind of erudite, quiet little studio things. Mm-hmm. Then the second generation, you start seeing some of your celebrity chefs. You saw right. guys like Emeril, mm-hmm. you saw guys like Mario Batali before he got disgraced for right. sexual harassment. You saw. You know, you saw a bunch of these chefs, mm-hmm. but still small studio shows, things like that. You yeah. got you like your Rachel Ray's mm-hmm. studio shows, stuff like that. Alton Brown kind of had, you know, the yeah. beginning of Good Eats, funny stuff. Right. And Tony Bourdain, you know, his books come out and he starts, and he hasn't gone on the network yet, but what's the third generation? You start seeing these tattooed, right. yeah. you know, like hipster, mm-hmm. not just, not, he's, he's not a hipster, but like ha- tattooed, badass, mm-hmm. semi-criminal fucking chefs. Yeah. That Tony Bourdain is the goddamn patron saint right. of. So, um, you know, he is so responsible for mm-hmm. American food culture, yeah. but in good ways as well. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, people eat a lot of different stuff right. now. Yeah. You know, because of him, people eat a lot of Asi- d- different kinds mm-hmm. of Asian food. People eat organ meat. People yeah. eat, people, you know, they love fat, you know. Like you know, they you know all the stuff that you know, and, and you go back and you start looking at your food differently. Yeah, he was a big advocate of respecting your food, mm-hmm. like and where it comes from. It's like he would like he went to like you know to this you know went with this guy in Portugal and you know, 
watched them raise the pig and then slaughter the pig and mm. then break down the pig and then eat the pig. Just yeah. you know, you you know, really graphic detail, mm. but makes you think about where your food comes from. So you need to kind of respect your food a little bit more. Yeah. So that's it. That's that's. I mean, I have so much more to say, but I'll actually let Joe get a breath and a word in edgewise. Well, I mean, I think a lot of um, a lot of what he did when it came to like his his television shows and things like that was he he is a big advocate for adventuring, not just like with your food, but just in general, Absolutely. like get out there, have fun, see the world, do the things that you want to do. And I've recently really like been waving that flag a lot as well and so like it was it's so important to do the things that you want to do and to get out there and he was such this he was he was so passionate in everything that he said and every and in all of his writing if you watched his tv shows and if you ever saw him like do an interview or things like that it was all the man was nothing if not passionate and he he was an inspiration to a lot of people, including, you know, f- friend of the show Jacqueline wanted us to talk about it because this is one of the people that inspired her to follow the life path that she's on and mm-hmm. things like that. Like this is a, this is a person who shaped the lives of people that of people that he never would have met. He's you know, he was a celebrity among celebrities like he like, I mean, the the amount of people on Twitter that have these, you know, your your verified celebrities that, you know, they're most of the time you'd think, oh, why why would why would they care about, you know, some guy on the travel channel? But they all come out and they're like, you know, I watched his stuff, I read his stuff, and he is one of the reasons that made me want to go out and and travel the world and see things. And it's, you know, it's it's hard to to lose a a person like that but at the same time it's so important when you do to to really take a look at the words that he used and it's you know keep waving that flag keep keep that torch lit you know don't whenever anybody that in has inspired you has gone you gotta just remember what they were about and what they wanted people to do and keep waving that flag that's some of his later tv shows not even some, a lot of his tv shows not even his later tv shows actually now i think about it all of his fucking mm-hmm. tv shows because i still think it in reference to the books really um kind of opened up cultures that yeah. um to people that they wouldn't necessarily know about mm-hmm. and um you know half of the reason that people hate other people is because they're ignorant of them right and, you know, one of the things that he has said is, you know, if you go, oops, sorry, if you go and you meet these people mm-hmm. and you sit down and you eat with them and yeah. you experience, you can't, you leave unable to hate them. Mm-hmm. And this guy was not a, a peace and love kind of guy yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. What he was, was, was a world traveler. He's mm-hmm. someone that loved traveling he loved culture he loved people and he just but he loved people that Mm -hmm. was the thing you know um he found humans and interesting Mm -hmm. and it just so happens that his doorway to that was food yeah and i often said that you know food is a great gateway to understanding a person who they are where they come from Mm -hmm. um 
and you, t- you know, that's why you know the, the stereotype of the you know, the America guy mm-hmm. is you know you know besides his pickup truck, besides his uh, Confederate flag, yeah. is usually some manner of fast food containers mm-hmm. or fucking you know twelve pack of Bud Light. Yeah, his idea, his idea of, uh, of taking the wife out in a nice evening is you know putting all my 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 cleanest Leonard Skinner shirt, taking her over to the TGI Fridays yeah. to have that there. <laughs> A foreign Italian dish, you know, it's got the it's got the fried mozzarella, you know. Uh, so, you know, and I, you know, nobody ever like motherfucked that stuff more than mm. anybody. So, um, we could literally, if we if we were in Bohemia Studios, we probably would go on for <laughs> hours, hours and hours and hours. But um, no, it's you know. Uh, it's it is sad. It's a sad you know, it was a sad day and um mm. you know, it's one of those things, oh I never thought he would do that something like that. If you know somebody that's to the point in their life where you think they would do right. something like that, that's for yeah. fuck's sake, Reach say out. something, reach mm. out at, you know. Again, just a hey, you doing okay? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know too many people that would um not answer back. Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, or right. or no, you know, I'm having a really hard and time. Honest, when I've been or hey, leave me alone. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when uh, I've been in states like that, the people that reach out and go, "Hey, are you okay?" Like, I'll reply, "Yeah, I'm fine." But like the fact that people reach out when you're like that, it's just one of those things that helps pull you out of it. Because it may not even occur to you that you're that right. far gone. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Wow, am I really? Am I really that much fun right now?" That yeah. that that I'm, you know. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's it, you know, for fuck's sake, people. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what have I said many times? You know, take care of each other, Absolutely. love each other. You know. Um. All right. Well, on that happy note. Um. So we are at this point. It's time for mail. It is time for mail. Um. We're gonna start with uh, a mail we got from Twitter. Why don't you go yeah. to the Twitter one we'll first? Go to Twitter. Um. We have a uh, a message from Jeff from our from new follower and uh, new listener Jeff. Uh, Jeff asks PvP and games. Your thoughts? Games that did it well, games that did it poorly, etc. Well, in reference to video games, mm. um, I think as long as there's an expectation of mm-hmm. PvP, um, you know there are. If you're playing like an MMO, for example, yeah. You have options. Right. You can go on a server that does not practice PvP. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big PvP fan. Yeah. Is even in MMOs. Um, whereas you go to a game like Overwatch. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, it, it, that's you know, what it's built for. And yet, and yet, the PvP, a PvP game like that, that game's much different than like Counter Strike, right? Or like Call of Duty or something. You know, um, because the PvP is not the core of the game. Right. Like it's like. Uh, like Overwatch is fun. It's yeah. fun PvP. It's mm-hmm. not angry PvP. I don't know yeah. what it is about Overwatch. Uh, someone could probably send me something and a- answer this question. Right. Why over? Why Overwatch is so not annoying? I don't you know, it's fun to just. It's fun to die in Overwatch. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's fun when your friends die in Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Unless you're taking it super seriously, you know. Or when you're the only one on the point, and the rest of your team keeps thinking that this is not an objective-based shooter, so you're the only one doing any of the work on the team. Oh, this is, ooh. <laughs> and, you know, as for, you know, and, you know, I don't know, 
so I, I guess my thoughts on PvP is it does depend on the game. Games that have done it well, we said Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What other games can you think of that do PvP that well? Do PvP well. I, I liked, when it comes to MMOs, I always enjoyed um, World of Warcraft's really? PvP. I've, see, I've never, never PvP'd in World of Warcraft. It's, uh, I, I like when you're when you're rolling with your horde bros and you mm-hmm. walk into some alliance territory and you're like, yeah, we're just here to fuck your shit up. <laughs> Well, you know, one of the cool things I liked, other, um, Star Wars: The Old Republic's PvP is very meh, mm-hmm. but um, the its predecessor, Star Wars Galaxies, yeah, you had f- you had uh, two modes, mm-hmm. you have covert and overt. Okay. So when you started the game, you started as either Empire or uh, Rebellion, because mm-hmm. that's this era it was yeah. set in. But you were you were covert or you were overt. Mm-hmm. So you'd be walking along, and your 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 character name would be there, and there'd be no no um, symbol next to it. Mm-hmm. The moment you took a PvP type action or did something to make yourself overt, yeah, you were open f- for Ooh. PvP. And I've been in situations like you know, like we used to roll mm. into this one. Uh, the, the the rebels would roll into this one imperial town because there are things you know are imperial yeah. towns, and sometimes. Know, and there are like imperial bases mm-hmm. where if you're not if you're not imperial you'll get shot on sight. Yeah. But there were towns that mm-hmm. were like, you know, like you know, on this server the imperials or you know, I'll use another example. Um on on the server I was on, Moenia on Naboo, that town is predominantly rebel. Well, mm-hmm. every now and then we'd roll like the imperials would roll in and we'd be completely covert yeah. and then we would start dropping walkers and orbital assaults and boom everyone goes red and everyone mm-hmm. starts fighting so I mean that was fun yeah I mean yeah. as long as the mechanic is, is right. interesting and mm-hmm. as long as it's not you know really um, counterintuitive yeah. or really just you know if PvP is fun for one mm-hmm. person it's just not fun yeah so. no agreed um, I don't have sound effects. We're in the theater, so maybe That's I'll true. dub. Uh, maybe I'll dub Doug's in later. But I'll do Doug's. You do Doug. Um, Doug. Doug's questions are. <laughs> he's fucking ridiculous. He says uh, today's questions are straight from the town of Southington's weird table toppers at the restaurant we eat at before game. They're really weird. So there are a few questions. Okay. Um, I guess the restaurant. I don't know what the restaurant is, but it says conversation starters. Let's get talking. Okay, number one, if you could have any occupation, in the, well, we'll fire them off, too, they'll okay. be fire offs. If you could have any occupation in the world, what would it be and why? Go. I'd be an actor because I love acting. I would own an arts education commune. Next. Who in your family does the wackiest things? Surprisingly, I would, I would probably say my dad. No. My dad does some wacky shit. Okay, then. Um, Jane, who does the wackiest things in our family? Well, I can tell you who it's not. It definitely isn't <laughs> Jamie. Uh, who does the wackiest things? Um, me. Go. Uh, next one. What's your favorite memory? Quickly. Oh, uh, there's. I don't know. <laughs> Me neither. Next question. <laughs> what does your perfect day look like? Um, it's slightly cloudy and cool, and I get to hang out in the autumn breeze in the park. Let's get married because mine's the same. <laughs> Moving on. Um, what makes a good friend? Um, I mean, somebody that you can rely on and and 
have some faith in and spend good times with. And even when you're just sitting quietly, you're still having fun and it's not awkward. Same exact thing. Okay, thanks, Doug. Your questions suck. Uh, I do have some from Sam on Facebook. Anyway, let's let's take a quick moment because yeah. we're going to, of course, be adding in the sound. Okay, Sam. All right, so Sam says, I have an old question from my festival LARP days. We often said that there were two types of players at those games. One of those are the big, loud, and like to be the center of attention, get involved in big, loud battles, and be pulled into dramatic politics, drink plenty, and laugh loudly. The others were those who like to be mysterious and shady, sneak around and have whispered conversations and secrets and stab people in the dark. We categorize them as pirates and ninjas, respectively. So my question is, are you a pirate or a ninja? I'd say I'm probably more of a pirate. Uh, I'm a pirate. Yeah. And then uh, my second question is about the subtext of Infinity War. A repeating theme of the movie was sacrificing those you cared about. Cap refused to sacrifice Vision. Loki would not sacrifice Thor. Gamora would not sacrifice Nebula. But Thanos would sacrifice Gamora. So the message seemed to be the only way to win is to kill the ones you love. Discuss. No, because that's going to bite him in the ass in the next movie. Oh, yeah. Also, that's going to bite him in the ass in the next movie. And I believe that by not sacrificing those that you love in the end, they're going to come out mm -hmm. on top. I, I agree. I also have a question, uh, which we didn't get from either. It was just Snapchat to me from a friend of the show, Jacqueline. Uh, she said, if you had to join a cult, which one would it be and why? Uh, the Church of Scientology, so I could meet Tom Cruise. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I like, uh, well, I guess I, I don't really like too many cults. It's pretty safe to say I don't <laughs> like too many cults. The one that uh, has always interested me the most is probably because my mom was like obsessed with Charles Manson. Was the the Manson family is interesting? I don't think I would make it too far. Because you got a I'm lot a of man. that, and you're gonna get a lot of that top shelf hippie pussy, though. <laughs> you might. Um, no, That's right. I said top shelf hippie pussy. I, I'll join the Manson family. Sure. All right. There you go. Well, you got the sideburns for it right <laughs> yeah, now. So. Right. All right. Um, well, that was mail, so yeah. I guess that's, that's everything. getting near it. Um, hold on, let's ask Gonzo real quick. Have you summoned the demons? Oh, wait, he's not here. <laughs> um, we'll get him on very soon. Yeah. Uh, again, up coming up soon, we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a couple um, uh, defending, defending bad, bad movies. movies yeah. yeah. So, um, if you want to get in touch with us, in the meantime, couchcrouches at gmail dot com, facebook dot com slash couchcrouches, Twitter at couchcrouches, Instagram at couchcrouches. Leave us a iTunes review, and we'll uh, see your stuff then. Um, yeah. You got anything? No, nah, I think I'm all set. I guess we'll call it for uh, Couch Grouches. This is Jim. I'm Joe. Fuck on, audience. <laughs> <laughs>